It sneaks up on you, doesn't it? In the most unlikely times, the most unlikely places, a memory of a friend you were once so close with, but no longer talked to. During times like these, especially a global pandemic, racial unrest, we begin to reflect on our relationships. And it's not unusual to begin thinking about friendships that somehow dissolved and to begin to wonder if it's possible to revive them. But how do you, one, muster the courage to reach out, and two, find the right words to say, I miss you? Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Marissa G. Franco, a psychologist who specializes in friendships. I first learned of her while listening to an episode of the wildly popular podcast, Therapy for Black Girls, and I was blown away by her knowledge and her ability to put complicated research findings into plain, everyday language. So listen in as I ask Dr. Franco about how we should manage our desires to reach out to old friends and what is standing in the way. You're tuned in to Give It a Rest, the podcast where we're giving tough love truths for the sisterhood. I'm your host, Danielle Byer Jackson, certified friendship expert and author of the book, Give It a Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendships. And when it comes to misunderstandings and complications within our female friendships, I am here to help you through it. Can you talk to us about um, how we can know if our desire to reach out to old friends is a healthy desire? Because I know even though a lot of us want to reach back out, Maybe some of us want to do it for the wrong reasons. So can you walk us through some of the reasons people do want to reach out to old friends and how we can know we have a healthy reason for doing so? Yeah, I mean, I think old friends are appealing because of the sort of nostalgia of them. You know, there's a, there's a way that I think friendship is really important because it introduces us to sides of ourselves. Like there's pieces of me that will only come out when I'm around different types of friends. And so we can also kind of just miss who we are when we're with those friends. Feels, it feels like a loss of our own identity that can push us to, to try to reconnect with those old friends. In terms of how to know whether you should or whether it's healthy to do it, there are a few things that I would ask myself. Um, and these are questions that more generally address the health of friendships. So one thing, a healthy friendship, one aspect of a healthy friendship is you should both be rooting for each other. It should be clear that you are voting for their success that they are voting for your success. And if it feels like you're trying to tear one another down, then there's issues in the friendship that need to be addressed. Um, another sign of a healthy friendship is that it's reciprocal. Overall, there's gonna be periods in the friendship where it's not gonna be 50-50. Someone's going through a crisis right now. Um, that really makes me think about, you know, if you're in an interracial friendship, the black community is going through a crisis, so it's not gonna be 50-50 with your black friends. Um, and so, in those moments of crisis, the, it won't be 50-50, but overall it should feel like you are both giving and receiving from the friendship. And then I think the last quality we should think about is the support aspect that is central to friendship. When I feel like I need you because I'm at you know, some of my lowest points, are you showing up for me? Are you moving towards me? Are you checking in with me? Or is that when you move away from me? And so if you're able to answer all those questions affirmatively, then I would say, you know, it's, it's probably a healthy relationship. It makes sense to reconnect. If you're not able to answer all those questions affirmatively, then I would pause before going through that reconnection process. 
Right, because I could see how, and that's a nice little like checklist to go through, like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm there. I'm ready to move. You know, and sometimes we miss the familiarity and the chemistry we have with the person, but it doesn't necessarily indicate um, we should rekindle the friendship. So I love that simple checklist that we can follow. Now, let's say we realize, okay, yes, yes, yes. I meet all the checklist requirements and I want to reach out. How do you even go about opening your mouth to say, I miss you. I want to, you know, jump right back in again. What, how do we form that kind of request? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, first I just want to say overall, I think the act of reconnecting is more important than how you do it. Because I think a lot of people fear rejection. And in general, my knowledge of the research is that we tend to overestimate our likelihood of being rejected gravely. We're a lot more likely to be accepted for people to be happy to hear from us than we think we are. And so it's important to reach out even if you feel like you can't do it eloquently. If you do want to reconnect, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. You can use old memories. Like, you know, I was just thinking about that time when XYZ happened and I figured that I should check in with you and see how you're doing. You can just kind of say, hey, it's been a while. I've been meaning to reach out. How have things been? And um, you can just kind of take it from there. Like just finding a way to open and then asking a question is really important. I mean, not just making a statement because then you don't invite them into the conversation. And yeah, and continue the relationship from there. I love that. I love that. It's more important that you reach out more so than how you reach out. And, you know, and I've said this before, and it's nice to hear you kind of um, confirm it, but, you know, sometimes leading with vulnerability. So sometimes we're totally immobilized because we're like, I don't know what to say. And it's like, well, if you pause and really assess your reason for doing it, say that, you know, I, I thought of you, I saw something, I thought of you, how are you doing? I'd love to hang out again. You know, so it seems so simple when we kind of strip away, you know, the pretense and the overthinking and the typing out our, our script, it seems suddenly like, you know, very easy. So I, I appreciate you kind of like saying that and helping us to have a sigh of relief of, okay, I need to stop overthinking the reconnection. So what about like, um, let's say we, we reach out, it's received well, and it's kind of like, okay, how do we manage our expectations of what we want? So I, let's say I, I'm talking to a woman who we kind of like our friendship dissolved in like an awkward way. It just kind of fell apart five years ago. And she's like, yeah, I would love to, you know, go grab a drink or have virtual coffee. How do I manage my expectations of the outcome of that reunion? Yeah. So I think you can sort of think about it as a new friendship, almost in that leave your expectations behind of what the friendship was once was and let it manifest in its own right because you are reconnecting at a different time, as different types of people, you might have a different type of connection and um, don't expect what was there before to be there now. And what that does is it not only keeps you from being disappointed, but it also might open you up to all of the new ways that you can connect because of the ways that you've grown. And so, you know, sometimes I was interviewing someone for, for the book that I'm writing on friendship and, and he was saying that it was difficult for him to keep in touch with his old friends because he felt kind of stuck in an old identity that he didn't want anymore. Mm. And so to the extent that we are able to, to allow one another to, to be who we fully are now in this moment without weighing our relationships down with them, um, with what it was in the past, 
then I think our new friendships can be really fruitful. That being said, I think if there was a serious issue that led to the end of your friendship, then you might have to talk it out to be able to move forward. Pretending that nothing happened and trying to re-engage and not talk about the elephant in the room is going to limit your ability to have true connection and intimacy with each, each other because, you know, ultimately something that I realized while, while writing my book on friends is that there is no community without honesty. There is no community without truth and coming to a relationship as you truly are and welcoming that in someone else. And so if you have this baggage that's weighing you down, you might have to have a conversation about that before being able to move forward. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with this too. So, okay, a lot of this is in the context of, you know, maybe I haven't seen a friend in six months, a year, five years, and I, and I wanna reconnect after this passage of time. What would your suggestion be for those who, I'm gonna bring it, you know, to, you know, today's tense racial climate. So if we're talking about reconnection. What would your thoughts be on reconnecting maybe immediately after a tense friendship, or excuse me, a tense uh, conflict? Because what I see right now, which is beautiful, is a lot of people saying, yes, let's have the hard conversations. Let's talk yeah. it out. So let's see if everybody's doing the right thing. We're having hard conversations, but nobody's really equipping us for, okay, when that goes sideways, now what do we do? <laughs> so let's say I've engaged in a discussion with my friends, maybe in an interracial friendship or whatever about something really tense, namely, you know, race and race relations. And it does yeah. not go the way I thought. And it feels awkward. And I'm mad. She's mad. I feel like she's making this about her and she doesn't understand. How do we come back from those kinds of like immediate conflicts? So the, the friendship itself is fine, but things feel a little severed or disconnected after a heated argument. What are your thoughts on reconnecting after something like that? I think you have to revisit the conflict. I mean, sometimes you can think about conflict as, as a chain of events rather than a single event, because when we think of the idea of conflict, a lot of us are ready to be keyed up, to be on edge, to start thinking about, you know, flipping tables like we're playing Monopoly. And because of that, we're not our best selves often when someone initiate, it initially approaches us with a concern. And so as a psychologist, what I like to share is something called the window of tolerance. And so that's the idea that all of us have this sort of window where we're functioning, functioning at our best. If we're outside of that window, we are in fight or flight mode and we're not able to be rational, to consider others' perspectives, to do all of the things that make conflict healthy, right? Conflict is healthy when I'm thinking both about myself and you and, and I'm thinking about us as a team and how to figure out this team together. But when we're outside of that window, either we're what's called hyper aroused, which basically means we are in our fight mode <laughs> and we're defensive and we're focused on protecting ourselves or we're what's called hypo aroused, which basically means we're shut down. We're so overwhelmed that we can hardly speak. We're stonewalling. We're not saying much. We don't seem very engaged in the conversation. And so when we're outside of that window of tolerance, it's very hard to have healthy conflict. But that doesn't mean that we can never have healthy conflict. If we are able to re-engage in the conflict at a time when we are feeling cooled down, calmer, we're not as, as deeply on edge, then the conflict can be a lot more successful. And there's a few tips that I have for how to have successful conflict. I think one is you wanna open up the conflict with an expression of love and affirmation of the relationship. So 
you know, if you're calling out your calling in, I should say your white friend saying like, our relationship is so important to me and I want it to feel close to you, which is why I, I am giving it the honor of my honesty. Um, because when we don't talk about things, we end up just pulling away, right? And so it damages the relationship because we haven't talked about it. So talking about it is almost an expression of love that like, I need to get this out to continue to be in close community with you. And then it looks like not using um, you statements, using I statements, I felt this way, this is what my experience is like. And then also asking about their world. So what was going on for you at that time? Um, and hearing them out as well. And then it ends with, a question a statement as to what you want going forward so i've heard your perspective i've shared my perspective this is what i'd like to see in the future and so it's not it doesn't have to be horrible and awful it can actually be quite beautiful and, and the research finds that if you can engage in empathic conflict it's actually linked to having stronger relationships <laughs> that inspired me because i i too was very afraid of conflict so i was like but the research told me this could go well oh man <laughs> and like I'm like so into research. So I was like, okay, I'm going to trust the research on this. Um, and I did. And it, it, my friend started crying when we were in this conflict. She was like, never have I had conflict feel so beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's the goal. That's yeah. the goal. Yes. Yes, certainly. But it's hard. And I will say like, with your question about race, it's especially hard, right? Like every time as, as black women, we experience racism, we experience an entire history of pain in yeah. a moment. And so for us to not be flooded, for us to not be in our fight or flight mode, sometimes that feels like too tall of an order. And so I also say that like, if you need to take a step back, that's okay. You can say that. You can say like, hey, like I wanna work this out with you, but I'm just not in that place right now. And you know, I can be at that place in the future. So maybe let's check in then. That's good. That's really good. Mm. Well, lots to, you know, lots to consider there. I think it's kind of difficult to reconcile what we know, which is, you know, remove your emotions, listen, ask questions. Like we all know it. We've all been sharing it on Instagram. We're like, we know how to handle this. And then it happens in real life. And it's so difficult to pause and breathe and to like apply the stuff we know we should do. It's so difficult. And I, certainly struggle with it sometimes too where i'm like i need to embody what i understand intellectually but it's so it's so hard um and it's tough but at least we have a way forward and, and we understand how what we can aspire to i guess in these times of conflict yeah yeah that's helpful okay well i mean i appreciate you so much for coming by the show to like drop your knowledge on us and to help us understand how we can practically reach out to and connect with old friends, whether it's been a long passage of time or whether it's been after a conflict and we want to find some healing and get back in the groove. So you've given us really great tips for both. And I feel like me and hopefully the listeners feel equipped. We feel confident to take this information and apply in our friendships and have the courage to reach out and just um, get things started. So I appreciate you so much for sharing your knowledge, but I'm sure, you know, women listening want more of this. And you mentioned <laughs> the book that you're writing. So can you help us understand how we can follow along to get more from you and hear more about, you know, this research and this upcoming project that you have? Sure, yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I post a lot about friendship and about race. Uh, Dr. Marissa G. Franco. That's Marissa with one S. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I just started a connection series. And the purpose is basically it's 
using the research to give you very practical activities to build deeper relationships with your friends. And that's Dr. Marissa G. Franco as well. And then I also have a newsletter where I share basically research that fascinates me on friendship. And you can sign up on my website at drmarissagfranco.com. Um, my book will be more of a long-term thing. I'm still working on writing it. So if you want updates on that, just sign up for my newsletter and you will hear as soon as it drops. today's episode was helpful for you, I'd love for you to come tell me about it over on the Facebook group called the Give It A Rest Podcast After Party. You can also hear me run my mouth and give other unsolicited advice regarding your friendships on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson, formerly at Girl Give It A Rest. So now I have switched my handle and would love to see you over there. And as always, you can listen to more episodes and read some of our research-based articles over at giveitarestmovement.com. I can't wait to see you over there.